All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast here with you today. I'm your host, Patrick Lounsbury, also here with Lucas Gaynor, my co-host. How are we doing today, Lucas? All right, great, great talk, Lucas. No, no, I'm phenomenal, Patrick. My apologies, <laughs> I was setting up the mic. Uh, I'm doing phenomenal. You know, we're watching uh, one of the best Celtics players literally of my lifetime, you know, at his peak right now, and... Uh, you know, it's quite the sight to see, Patrick, and I'm sure it's no, uh, it's not going to be a surprise who I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I don't even know if he's at his peak, man. I, I think we're we're pre-peak here. Well, I think his, we got his, his peak thus far. I think we're at his ascension. This is his ascension, his rise. He is he is becoming bigger and bigger, and people are more noticeable and more noticeable. And you're seeing Jason Tatum really become this all-around basketball player that that can't be stopped like you're talking about a guy who is making ridiculously tough shot after tough shot getting going making the right decisions really getting beating people off the dribble without hesitation now he's he's just fluid he's completely fluid he's in the zone he has been in the zone for about 20 games now straight the man is on a mission and i'm Yes, and uh, I think, Pat, we should just get to it quickly. So Patrick and I actually did record a podcast post-Nets game uh, where we covered the Nets and the Grizzlies game, both two giant wins. Unfortunately, you know, Spotify Greenroom has had some trouble with the file. There's been a little, you know, post-recording technical difficulty, so that show will definitely get out. But we are here to cover the Hornets game where Tatum followed up a 50 50- – a 50-point masterpiece with a 44-point masterpiece. And this guy just is playing like a top-five player in the league. And I know people might get on my head for saying that. I'm not saying he, you know, is definitively top-five, but, Patrick, there's absolutely no argument. He's playing like a top-five guy right now. He's playing like a franchise guy, a superstar, first-team All-NBA, all-defense-level guy. And now, Patrick, can you believe there's people who wanted to trade Jason Tatum at some point? Like, I don't – it's hard for me to wrap my head around that concept. I don't know. That was – you know, listen – you know, no shade to JB. You know I love JB, but people out here saying we should trade Tatum and stick with JB. You know, that's a terrible take. I'm sorry. Trading JB also, that was not a good take either. But, uh, but you know, I just can't fathom even wanting to get rid of a guy like Jason Tatum because he is quite literally generational. I mean, how many guys, Patrick, can put up a 50 ball like it's nothing from three inside getting to the line? How many guys can find other people? You know, there's a lot of different uh, – you know, there's a lot of different things Tatum is doing right now at an unbelievably elite level, and it's just it's just quite a shock to see. We're not a yeah, shock. Yeah, man. It's oh, not a shock. Sorry. I shouldn't say a shock to see. My bad for cutting you off, but it's just – I would say it's good to see. Like, it's finally all coming together, and he's being that franchise player we all know he, he could be. Yeah, he went from 54.9 to uh, 44.9. Jason Tatum really, really in his zone. He's in the bag right now. Playing at an elite level, an all-NBA-type level as well. I think he's going to have a strong case by the end of the season to be on an all-NBA team this year. Let's see if they make up for their mistake last season because uh, we all know that that ended up costing them a a good chunk of of change as well. But Jason Tatum uh, really been in his zone lately. These last two games just been – a display, right? He's going against elite of elite guys. You, you've seen him go against like a guy like Miles Bridges, who is, you know, had himself a he was feasting the Celtics in this game and was really giving us a hard time. But Tatum was just like, all right, that's cool, you could feast, but I'm better. Like, and I'm a feast more. And that's what ended up happening. Like Miles Bridges eventually cooled off, but Tatum never did. 
And in the in the Nets game, as we covered already, but I mean, you're going toe to toe with Kevin Durant, and you get that ability where you you score over 50, and KD was on a roll, but he he ended up slowing down eventually. So um, Jason Tatum just just outplaying everybody on the court that he's stepping on right now, and he just looks like the best player on the court every night. Yeah, and before we really get into breaking down this Hornets game, I will just say, like, being in person for that Nets-Celtics game was, like, it was unreal. Like, like Patrick, like you said, man, KD was locked in, doing superstar things, making superstar shots, but Tatum was able to match him every time and then some. Like, every time the ball left Jason's hand, it felt like it was going down. But like I said, we have a whole episode recorded talking about the Nets game, so I'll, I'll save the rest of it for that uh, for that podcast. But uh, Patrick, a one fifteen um, one fifteen to one on one victory over the Hornets. I mean, I know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Patrick, we had the tough game against the Pacers, uh, February twenty seventh, when Brogdon and Halliburton and Buddy Hield kind of lit us up. Well, since then we've managed to limit Trey Young, John Morant. I mean, if we want to call what we did to John Limit. Kyrie Irving and now Lamella Ball. So honestly, that one defense uh, defensive slip up was just a little blip on the radar when it comes to the ball handlers. We have really locked out and uh, you know shut off a lot of these you know superstar level ball handlers. Yeah, um, this this team man, they're they're flowing on the defensive side. They're playing aggressive. They're getting into teams' grills, and they're not being shy about it. Like we have no problem bullying guys. We even had some trouble with foul issues, but in this game was really weird in particular. I thought that the Celtics came out and they were playing particularly well. They weren't shooting great, but they were still getting what they wanted on the inside. Anytime they wanted to get to the rim and get themselves a bucket, it seemed like they were doing it with ease. The thing though, that was interesting is like, they, I felt like they were doing things with ease and were still in control of the first quarter, but they were, I felt like only they were at like 75% speed. I don't know if that was the same vibe you got, but it didn't seem like this team really turned it on until like midway through the third. It kind of seemed like they were being lazy in a sense of like, they're just kind of going through motions like nonchalant. And then they were like, all right, let's turn it on here later in the third. And they kind of just, put their foot, like slammed it on the gas. And then Tatum just went berserk from there. It definitely felt that way to me, Patrick. It wasn't, I'm not going to like say they were like lackadaisical or anything like that, but it was a, like you said, 75%, 80% coast is what it felt like. Well, I don't think I could say it better than you just did, man. They slammed their foot pedal to the metal and kind of ran away with the game towards the end of the third and the fourth quarter. But uh, I feel, I still think the first half was a pretty good performance. Like you said, they're getting to the rim. And I know we got to shout out our guy, uh, you know, probably the most integral part of our defense, honestly, or at least one of the two most integral parts is Robert Williams. I mean, Patrick, there was a time where we didn't know if he was going to be able to play more than 25 minutes a night due to foul trouble, due to injuries. Now he's anchoring like the best defense in the NBA, the best defense the Celtics have seen in a long time. And he's doing, he's very disciplined, man. He's blocking shots. He's guarding players on the perimeter. He's switching seamlessly. I mean, Rob Will, like I, like you've been saying, you know, Patrick, I think I'm kind of a, you know, I was being kind of a downer saying Embiid and Gobert are going to get those spots, but Rob, it needs to be in consideration whether whether the voters like it or not. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, this was a game, though, I think Robert Williams is going to look back on and be like, I need to be more disciplined. And uh, he has been pretty elite lately. But he only played 20 minutes in this game because he, he caught himself in foul trouble. That The old Rob Williams with the foul trouble kind of came out in this one. 
couple BS but, calls, but yeah, I mean, but he was, whew, yeah, he was, he was, he was just, it was bad. Twenty minutes on the night, he's the only starter that played under thirty minutes. And on top of it, man, like he was phenomenal in that first quarter. Oh my god, I think he had like five offensive rebounds in the first quarter alone. Crazy, six rebounds, five offensive rebounds. Yeah, and you're, I mean, you're not wrong. He did kind of fall into some old habits, you know, in this game. Kind of like falling back into what I just touched on as far as like, you know, being that 20, 25 minute a night guy. But this was an anomaly, I think. And honestly, he stepped up down the stretch, you know, in that third quarter a little bit until he got that, until he got that fourth foul. So, uh, I don't know. I, maybe the tonight was the wrong night to praise Rob, you know, considering he got in that foul or trouble. But he also did have that absolutely nasty putback dunk that mirrored KGs from uh, that 2008 season about almost perfectly. I don't know if you saw that clip, Patrick. Oh yeah, I did. It was it was pretty amazing dunk that he had. Um, dude, he was kind of everywhere. He was kind of high flying, everything. It he just plays with so much energy and so much like heightness to him. You just like your eyes get wide every time you see Robert Williams go up there for an offensive rebound. You think it's gonna come down. He's just gonna dunk it and slam it through. Um, a guy that I really wanted to shout out um, in this Hornets game was gonna be Derek White and. Terrific game. He, I, I know from deep he's still struggling. One of five, right? Not great. Twenty percent. I didn't even really care about that. The man had eleven points. He had three blocks, two steals, eight assists, and zero turnovers. Between Marcus Smart and Derek White, you had a combined seventeen assists and one turnover on the night. Seventeen and one turnover. Like that is exactly how. You run an offense through Marcus Smart, and when Marcus Smart is out, Derek White. Like that—that's ideally what we wanted. Guards that one can set up the offense and play make, and then two protect the basketball. And both those guys did that tonight. And when you do that, you are automatically going to give your chance to win games. And I thought they did very well at making sure that they they kept in control of the basketball. I mean, seventeen to one, Patrick. That is just an absolutely ridiculous assist to turnover ratio. From your two point guards. I mean, Derek White is proving to be everything we thought he would be. You know, like you said, minus the shooting, but I think he's going to be able to make open threes. Still confident in that. Um, you know, he is in a little bit of a slump, but really he doesn't need to make three pointers to be an effective player. Like you said, he's somebody who moves the ball very well. He can operate in the pick and roll, he can cut. He actually is a really good slasher as well, getting inside. I think he can hang with the big, with the trees pretty well for a guy his size. So, uh, although the threes aren't going down, you know. Really happy with what D. White's been able to bring us and smart, man. I mean, I know, Patrick, you and I both believed in him as a point guard. But I, I'm going to admit, I mean, it's almost beyond my wildest dreams right now how well Marcus Smart is playing. He's playing the best basketball of his career the last 30 games. Probably. Absolutely, and I, I love it. Um, seeing Marcus Smart really raise, to, raise himself to the occasion and taking over that point guard role. First really opportunity he's had since he was younger uh, player for the Celtics to get the chance to be a, a true point guard and run the offense and, and really embrace that role. And he's done a phenomenal job and he's growing in it. And it's shown that he could be that, that playmaker with a lot. This game. I think Pat, Pat, I think you cut out. Pat, are you there? And I think he only shot one uh, in that in the Hornets game. Oh, sorry, Pat, Pat, Pat. You cut out for a little bit there. Oh, but, yeah, I was just saying that, like, Marcus Smart, I thought he had an opportunity to shoot some 
some three-pointers throughout the game that were pretty good looks, and he chose to pass them up at times, and he only shot one three-pointer on the night. He was really focused on just getting everybody else involved, and I think that's the type of Marcus Smart I, I've really enjoyed lately. Oh, yeah, there's nothing left to say, you know, I think negatively about Marcus Smart at this point, you know, because he is making his open catch-and-shoot threes, shooting around 37%, you know, over his past 20-odd games. Um, But like you said, he's not forcing those shots, man. There's not – people used to love to get on his shot selection. I don't know if there's much you can say negatively about it. You know, he has that really nice little, like, leaner in the lane, that little fadeaway. He has the floater game. You know, he's getting to the rim. We know he he has a nice layup package. He made a crazy reverse layup in this game. Um, absolute circus shot. The Hornets announcers could not believe what they had just witnessed. Um, but, you know, and then on top of that, like we, we've been saying, man, he's been playing unreal point guard play. Patrick, his behind-the-back pass on the uh, pick and roll, like, you know, like James Harden-esque behind his back to hit the roll man in a pocket pass, I mean – Listen, that's just otherworldly from Smart, man. And uh, he's taking care of the ball. And guess what? You know, Patrick, I remember a lot of people last season talking about his defense slip. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, They forgot to mention this guy was coming back uh, off of a calf strain, which is directly uh, connected to your Achilles, which is, you know, a pretty important muscle for when it comes to movement, and especially playing defense. So, uh, you know, I think people were too harsh on him last year, and I just feel very vindicated, you know, thinking he should be the – you know, the starting uh, starting point guard for this team. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I love Marcus Smart and everything he's done with this team, and his growth has been amazing. Uh, I want to touch on um, Jalen Brown here, his second game back after, you know, missing some time from that ankle. Uh, he's still looking a little not fully healthy with that ankle. He He doesn't seem as explosive right now. So it's just something I wanted to keep monitoring as well. I'm not panicked on him or anything like that. I think he's going to come around and be fine. It's just it might take him a couple more games before we start seeing a little bit more explosive Jalen Brown. It's a good thing that Jason Tatum is just in a freaking zone during this time period. Uh, also wanted to to read off a, a quote here that uh, came from Michael Jordan himself, uh, one of the owners of the Charlotte Hornets. But going into this game, uh, Michael Jordan commented on Jason Tatum ahead. You got to also know that Jason Tatum is a part of Jordan brand, which is also, you know, Michael Jordan's. He said, I compare him to me when I was playing. He can score 50 and be that, be the best defender on the court. That's like me. He's coming. So just some big words from a guy, you know, you're talking about the greatest basketball player of all time, uh, you know, in Jordan doesn't praise guys on that level of tier or compare them to himself very often. So to get a comparison, Michael Jordan saying that, yeah, Jason Tatum, you're you're like you 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 show flashes of me is special, man. It's just super super special. Yeah, and I mean Tatum is an absolutely special player, and, and it's honestly just you know hearing you read that quote from Michael, it is it's just awe inspiring. I mean, listen. I think well, I think I harped on this a lot this year, you know, with guys like Jalen and Jason is, you know, you don't want to take this guy for granted, honestly. Like, Jason is – Michael Jordan is literally saying he's like me. Like, if that doesn't make you realize the type of player that Jason Tatum is and Jason Tatum will be for the majority of his career, I don't really know what else can besides maybe his play, watching him play, Patrick. But uh, I don't know. I mean, Tatum is – going to be one of the best two-way superstars in the league, literally, if not the best two-way superstar outside of Giannis. Um, 
So I don't know. I just think, you know, like, like I said, don't take him for granted. And, you know, the literal goat is saying this guy's like me. So, you know, make sure you're enjoying what you're watching. Um, I know if you were in person for any, any of that bad Brooklyn game, you just, there's no way you're doubting Jason Tatum. Let me say that. There's no way you're doubting Jason Tatum, even if you were at, at home on the couch watching that game. So, uh, yeah, man, Tatum, he's gotten props now from MJ. And then guess what? Kevin Durant said um, he's going to be the next Olympic scoring leader. So those are two of the greatest players of all time, you know, saying they're going to be like me. And in Kevin Durant's case, he said he's going to surpass me as far as Olympic scoring is concerned. So, yeah, man, definitely just love to have Jason on the team. I just feel so lucky to be able to watch a player like him play. And then as far as Jalen goes, yeah, you know, rough game. Not going to lie. One of eight from three. Had four turnovers, um, but however, Patrick, fourth quarter, guess how many of those turnovers he had? Zero. Zero of them. In six minutes in the fourth quarter, he didn't turn the ball over. You know, listen, that's all I can ask. You know, like you said, he might not look completely healthy, a little bit of a rough patch, you know, or, or of offensive games. You know, as long as you down the stretch of the game when it matters most, if your head is on a swivel, you're not turning the ball over, you're moving the ball pretty well. Um, and he hit a big shot uh, down the stretch, or not a big shot, because you know this game wasn't really not that close. But he definitely did make a couple shots that kind of helped put it out of reach for good. And uh, you know, I do want to commend him for that. But definitely looking forward to seeing Jalen get back up to uh, be his normal self. Yeah, I think he will get there too. Um, Jalen Brown is is a certified bucket man. He really is a, a really good player. He's just dealing with that ankle injury. I'm sure he's not 100 percent just yet. Good enough to go out there and play and test the ankle and get back, you know, keep himself in game shape. But he'll play himself back into rhythm, and it'll probably be right at a good time. Last few uh, weeks here of the, of the season as we're we're getting ready for this postseason run. Uh, but also another quote I I loved uh, that happened before the Hornets game was Ime was had himself a quote. Ime was said he challenged the Celtics' mental toughness after they lost to the Spurs and then lost a 20-plus point lead against the Knicks, said it was pointed out to him to him some people didn't like him publicly criticizing the Celtics. And his statement was, like, I care, he said. The guys love it. And you you hear things and then you watch things, and results speak for themselves. And, you know, I, I know me and Lucas both had our questions as far as calling people out in the media and making certain things public. However, uh, how we felt about it then, it, we don't really have much to back it up because well, listen, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, honestly, Patrick, I don't – I mean, listen, I always felt that if Ime was to say something to the media as the head coach, there's no way he's not looking the players in the face and saying the same exact thing, like – I don't know that to me, it never felt like it was like, it's a lot different than a player going to the media. You know, it's a lot different than, you know, a guy going behind his teammates backs to go tell, you know, whatever ESPN or something that, you know, they don't like how many touches they're getting, blah, blah, blah. When it comes to a coach, you know, he's saying this thing in the film study, in the practice. So to me, I never was really concerned with that. And I think honestly, you know, I think people who like thought he was being too harsh. I mean, listen, these are grown men, professional athletes. You know, I know a lot of people, you know, nowadays get maybe babied because they're superstars. You know what I mean? Like they, the, the uh, organization capers to them. But when it comes to coaching, basketball, X's and O's, uh, you got to call it like you see it. And I think that was very clear from the jump that was Ime was all about. And honestly, uh, 
you definitely cannot be mad at the result. Yeah, I, I'm really happy with uh, the way he made his hand himself. And the way the Celtics are playing right now, man, I, I know I mentioned the last the last podcast, but like I'm telling you, you got to start considering Ime for one of the potential candidates for coach of the year. You like I'm gonna like reiterate it because you're starting to beat teams that are also in that tier of being playoff, you know playoff teams and, and really being tough tough opponents at the end of the day. You're talking about a Celtics team that was really bad, you know, just like two months ago, but have completely flipped the switch and not only went from like completely flipping the switch, but like our elite of elite looking like one of the best teams in the NBA, if not the best team in the NBA over these last 20 or so games, you're talking about their 18 and three in their last 21 games, 18 and three, man. If you take away those 18 wins right now, where are they at 41? That puts them at quick math. That's what? 23, 23 wins. I'm correct. And then, oh, sorry, they're at 40. So you take 17 from that, you're looking at 23. Yeah, they're 20. They're, they're under 500. They were just under 500. Just a crazy, just a so, crazy turnaround, man. I'm with you. I mean, huge. he may deserve some votes for um, Coach of the Year, no doubt. I mean. So I'm not saying you should win it because I think Monty's got it in the bag, especially after Monty got robbed last year, you know, by yeah. Coach Tibbs. Like, I think it's kind of a shoe in. But come on, Ime deserves at least a few thirds, second, and dare I say, first place vote. Yeah, you know, it, it's tough because Monty, Monty should have won last year. And I think if he had won last year, it would be more of a case for Ime this year. But I feel like that is a makeup award. But I mean, Ime should be one of the second or third guys mentioned after Monty. Like he he should be getting some votes. Uh, no doubt. As far as him, that. it should honestly my, uh, the top three should be, um, in my opinion, Monty, him, and uh, JB Bickerstaff over in Cleveland. Probably it's probably my top three coaches uh, for coach of the year. And uh, you know, we might have a lot of awards this year, Patrick. All NBA, you know, God forbid Marcus Smart finally gets his respect with the DPOY. Uh, I, I would love to see that, but I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, postseason recognition for uh, for these players. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that as well. Um, also, a big little, you know, stat line is that we need to mention is Jason Tatum is. Is six um he has six total fifty point games that's tied for with Larry Bird with the Celtics right now. So, so the four the four is actually tied with Larry, right? The oh sorry four four sorry the four, regular yeah. season four, but then you know Tatum has the fifty burger in the playing game, which is statistical purgatory. And then also remember playoffs. Pat, you asked me yeah you asked me back then where is that going to go playoffs regular season? Guess what they haven't found a place yet. Nope. And, uh, and then, like you said, yeah, the playoffs. So he's tied the regular season record, and all he needs is one more. So uh, who knows, Patrick? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get it against the Pistons on uh, on Friday. And and uh, the crowd is here on the green room is wanting some trivia. So Lucas, I'm gonna put you through some trivia. All right. I am ready. Maybe. So, all right. So how many thirty plus point games do you think Jason Tatum has this year? This season and uh, okay, okay, this season. we've played what like sixty-seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, this is you can, you can turn, okay. 
It's a okay, second okay, part. Okay, no, let me get, let me get a, uh, let me get. Can I get one hint? This will be. I'll make it a good. Yeah, hint. I will. I will give you a huge hint. Okay, it no, is, no, it was seventeen. It's seventeen. Oh. Uh, games less than the most in Celtics history from a player. In one season. Yeah. Okay, so is it? Okay, okay, seventeen less. That's got to be owned by Bird. That record, or Havlicek. Yes, correct. That, that's that's Larry Bird owns that record. I said, yeah, Bird was unstoppable. People don't want to talk about that, but uh, you know, I'm just gonna throw out a number here. I'm gonna say 31. Oh, Jason Tatum's at 22 on the year. Uh, Larry Bird has the most in Celtics history of 39. No, that's crazy. That's nearly half the games in the season. 39. Wow, that just goes to show how good Bird is. But 22 for Tatum. Wow, that is still so impressive, man. Um, yeah, Jason Tatum is literally – and it's just – he's just been absolutely insane. And just to kind of put it in perspective, uh, most most points by a Celtics player over three consecutive games, Jason Tatum, 135 points. you know who was uh, the person who has the next most points after three-game stretch? No, I take it it's not Larry Bird the way you phrase that. It's Jason Tatum again oh, last wow. year. As then who's after that? You know? <laughs> if you don't I don't know, but the okay. top two are, are Jason Tatum. So over a three-game stretch as a Celtic, Jason Tatum is the number one at 135 uh, in points over three games, and then he has another stretch of 128. So Unbelievable, man. Uh, yeah, and that was just last season. So Celtics is fans should be really excited. Tatum is growing and really headed in the right direction and, and really surging. We got to get Larry Bird in the building, Pat. I think to work for the Boston Celtics, it's about time, isn't it? It really is. It feels like it. It feels like we need some Larry Bird in our life it really in Boston. Does. But uh, no, seriously, I mean that just goes to show Tatum is just—he's uh, just an absolutely ridiculous scoring machine, man. He's a generational scoring machine who can play all NBA level defense. Like this is prime. This is better than prime mellow with clamps. Like I'm just saying. Once again, people do not take this for granted. Every time I turn on the Celtics game, I, you know, I'm thankful that I get to watch Jason Tatum play because, you know, things could not be so sweet. You know, the grass is not always greener, and I think that's something to realize as a sports fan. A lot of the time, when things are going well, maybe not perfectly. You know, you want to shake things up to a crazy degree. Well, the grass is not always greener. Like I said, in this case, I'm glad that South Jason Tatum, you know, is wearing Celtics green and Jalen Brown and Smart too. Um, there, one more thing I wanted to just quickly mention was. Uh, um, was oh no, we already talked about. It. I was gonna say stuff. We we, we got to talk about Marcus Smart's birthday. Oh, okay, okay. So that <laughs> I actually mean, is what birthday, I was about to man. say. No, so listen, they went bowling for Marcus Smart's birth, or no, for Jason's birthday. That so was they Jason's went out birthday. as a team. They went bowling. Super awesome team bonding event. And then I'm not gonna lie, Patrick. You know, hopefully somebody roasts me for this on Twitter or in the comments, dude. But I swear I teared up watching the video of Marcus Smart getting. Surprise for his birthday, man. I mean, just because the dude's been through so much in life, so much as a Celtic man, he's laid it on the life every time. And it just was so amazing to see them, like, throw him the surprise party. And he just looked so happy. And I don't know, man. It was a really good moment uh, as a fan. Yeah, just a big shout-out to Marcus Smart, uh, longest-tenured Celtic currently on the roster. Just love. I have nothing. We have nothing but love for Marcus Smart. I think the whole Celtics fans – he, we've had our up and downs with him, with you know how he's played throughout the years. But real Celtics fans never, never turned on this man. 
You never turn it. Yeah, you inject Marcus Smart into our veins. We fiend exactly. for him. Exactly. And listen, I know Patrick in a lot of these public discussions, you know, on Spotify Green Room, during the off season, a lot of people, you know, they're kind of making me feel a little bit crazy for defending Smart like I was. And, you know, I'm just glad I was defending him like that because I just think that's another thing people don't realize. Players and people, I tweeted this after his birthday. Players and people like Marcus Smart do not grow on trees, right? You know, so you better better uh, better love them while you've got them because, you know, you're not always going to have them. So I know this. the listeners of our podcast are going to be like, all right, Lucas, we get it. You love Marcus Smart. You say it freaking every other episode. But, you know, I really speaking, do uh, I mean, speaking of loving somebody while you got them, like we, we have to talk about Isaiah Thomas. Oh, dude. And Tara Rozier. Did you hear about the – did you hear the quote from Jason Tatum about Isaiah Thomas? You should read it, read it out. It said, I got a lot of respect for him. I don't think people understand that at 5'9", averaging 28 points and 14 points in the fourth quarter and scoring 50 in the playoffs, you have to be special to do that. Oh, 100% agree. Yeah, man. No, I mean, uh, there's major love. Uh, 100%. And I mean, listen, Pat, I know you were – You've obviously been a fan long enough, you know, you were around that season, like you've been a fan for your whole life down there. So that was only a few years ago, but that was one of the most magical runs that I've watched as a Celtics fan. And that's including the 2008 championship run too. I mean, what Isaiah was doing was, was otherworldly. I couldn't even believe it, especially at five, nine, um, you know, a lot of love for it, you know, it's too bad that, uh, too bad he didn't come here. You know, I know people, Patrick, you know how I feel. I was never keen on bringing him back because it felt like we were just going to cut him loose after 10 days, and I didn't want to do that to him again. But, uh, you know, if there was ever a place on a vet minimum to be our and uh, on the bench, a few microwave buckets here and there, Patrick, you know, I, I think watching him play the other night against this kind of convinced me that I kind of want that this offseason. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get that feeling as well, but uh... – yeah, shout out Isaiah Thomas. His tenure here at Celtics was was great, and it was nice seeing him reunite with some of the guys that he's played with and and watch them dab each other up at the end of the game. Uh, I do have another trivia for for the people. Okay. For the people. Okay. There has been eleven fifty point games this season in total. There's only one player that's done it twice. Who is that player? Jason Tatum. It is Jason Tatum. Now, can you name the other nine players that have gotten 50 points a game? Steph and yeah. LeBron. Steph, LeBron. You're at, Joker, that's Joker. two. Jokic. Let's see. Jokic, Jokic is not on the list. Giannis. Giannis is. Um, who else had a 50 burger? Um. No, I know Embiid did not have a 50. Someone just had the most efficient one the other day. Oh, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. Kyrie, yep, that's four. Um, Embiid is not there. I know he's not em- there. Embiid is there. That's five. A, okay, I'm going to pretend I said he – I knew he was there. Um, who else? So that's five. I need four more. Yep. Four more 50 burgers. Um, how many – okay, can you just tell me the conference? Actually, you have five more, sorry. Oh, five more. Um, One of them is a, a oh, team. DeRozan, 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 DeRozan. DeRozan is not. What? Oh, he must have been in the forty range. Well, yeah. One is a teammate Tatum. of the of who? Tatum. 
Bro, no way he got a he did get a fifty. Jaylee oh, Jaylee Brown got a fifty ball. He did get a fifty yep. burger. Oh my gosh, how quickly we forget. Um, so that's, that's JB. Wow, I should get crucified for not getting that one right away. My goodness. Um, did you say Durant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, wait, yeah, wait. I thought you did. I thought, <laughs> no, oh, I did. Didn't. I didn't, but uh, we'll take it. I'll take KD. Um, there's two know. more, on, three more uh, on the list that you haven't mentioned. Sorry, there's three more. Um, are they Eastern Conference or Western Conference or both? Um, two Western, one Eastern. Two Western. One was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Wait, what? I thought we were talking about this season. Yeah, we're talking about this season. So the Eastern Conference Finals last year doesn't count? No, I'm saying this player was in the Eastern Conference Finals oh, last year. Oh, oh, Trey. That's a big Trey, hint. Trey, Trey Young, Trey, yep. Trey, Trey. He then, says LeBron then, for 56 as the highest points per game this year. And then uh, the last two are both Western. And the last two are both Western. And did Jaw get a 50 burger? Jaw did. Okay. And the last one is the guy that everybody compares to with Tatum because they're in the same tier. Um. Listen, there's not many players in the same tiers, JT. Under 25. Okay, obviously. This was my guess earlier. I didn't say D-Book. Nope. Okay, I don't know. Who is it? Luka Doncic. Oh. Listen, conversation for another day, you know. uh, Is he he on Jason's level? Because I like defense, but that's a conversation for another day. I don't want to take away from what Luka does offensively, but uh, you know where my allegiance is. Yeah, but it's crazy to see two Celtics on that board. You know, I got two Celtics represent for three of of a lot of the 50-point games this year. So great to see the guys kind of just uh, get out there and get after it. But a lot of special things happening for the Boston Celtics this year. Yes, sir, man. And I cannot wait to see it keep rolling on Friday against the Pistons. And now, listen, people are going to scoff once again at the Pistons game. If they play us tough, we know that. So, uh, you know, hopefully Tatum can back up his Eastern Conference Player of the Month level play with another big game. Um, now, Pat, if he scored, no, if he scored fifty, he would fight, he would break Bird's record already. Now, listen, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Expecting a fifty-point game is just frankly ridiculous. But uh, the way Tatum has been playing, I feel like it doesn't seem that ridiculous. Even though I almost think they wanted him to get the fifty bomb against Charlotte, but oh. Charlotte kept double teaming him, and that's he had you, to force it out. No, that's so how he's you know, different, Pat. That's how you know they're doubling him down twenty at the end of a game just to make sure he doesn't get fifty. Man. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy out here. Um, but I, I don't think that's. I don't think we have anything else to really add. Do you have anything else you want to add to this one? Nope. I, I got nothing left, man. Uh, also, I just will say um, a couple days on Sunday, KG's getting his jersey retired. So we'll definitely have to, you know, maybe go down and, uh, you know, do a few of our top five KG movements, go back and forth, man. You know, just reminisce a little bit about KG because he really helped, you know, reestablish that Celtic culture that, you know, is so historically great. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is historically definitely- great, Pat? savings savings and you can save 20 percent off your manscaped order with the code hoopball 20 go ahead again order everything you know the more you spend the more you save that's how it works so you know make sure you go on there use hoopball 20 get your you know trimming needs um for all areas of the body and make sure uh you use hoopball 20 
Yeah, man, make sure you guys head over to Manscaped and my bookie uh, AG as well to head over there. And you can also use Hoopball20 on the sign-up page as well to get an extra little boost to your first deposit on the website as well. You guys make sure you head over to my bookie AG as well. Um, another thing here, you know, we got the Pistons on Friday and then we have uh, KG Celebration on Sunday. Uh, I think we're probably going to end up putting both those into one podcast most likely just because, uh, you know, weekend things kind of get a little crazier. Uh, but we'll, we'll kind of see and plan it out. Uh, but we do got the Pistons coming on Friday, tomorrow. Um, try to rock it out. Cade is uh, is a beast, man. Love playing, watching it. That guy play, young stud. And the Celtics are, are rolling. Let's see if we can keep the, keep the momentum yes, going. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, definitely be exciting. But I think JT is going to be going at Cade and we'll be locking him up, man. So hopefully we get a good show. All right, Pat, I'll talk to you probably on Sunday night. Yes, sir. Easy.